coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia. This is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. And welcome to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X, where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. And I'm your host, Sharon Klein. And today on the show, we have a writer by day and performer by night who works in digital advertising, but also freelance copyright. She's an actor. She's an interviewer. She's an improv maven. Please welcome to the show, Christine Fitzgerald. Hello. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> I'm so glad you were able to come uh, in. Me too. I've Thank been looking you. forward to this. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because so much of what I do involves performance in, vo- in the voiceover world. And you are a consummate performer. You've been in numerous productions. You also are so brave to do improv, which scares me so much. <laughs> and I know it's like a muscle, they say, that the more you do it, the better you get at it. But it's I true. still... I'm still like too much of a baby to do it. So tell me what it's like for you to be in the acting world. Well, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, I have a degree in theater from Florida State, which I use to go on to a successful career as a waitress at TGI Fridays, <laughs> which is what most people do. Um, when I was in school, I the only theater, the only acting I did was I did it. I was in a children's theater company at Florida State. Oh, um, wow. and we did like a whole a whole semester. We went around to all the schools in Leon County and did we did a show for the first to third graders, and we did a show for the fourth through sixth graders. And it really introduced me because kids have no filter and they're honest. Yes, and if you suck, they will let you know. <laughs> Um, that's terrifying. We had six people who were tone deaf and we had to do a musical number and little kids would be holding their ears and, you know, yeah, you know, it introduced you to the fact that, you know, you're, you're not for everybody and it, you know, it's, it was just kind of that first, like, okay, they're not all going to love you, you know? And it was, it was a, it was a real shot, you know, a shot in the arm for me (laughs) to like to say, okay, well, it's not always going to work out. And, you know, I, my my, I did theater because I wanted to do backstage stuff. I wanted to be a tech for the shows at Walt Disney World. That was kind of my dream when I first went to school because I was among some very talented people at Florida State. And I'm like, I'm never gonna. I mean, I say, I sang a song in one play because <laughs> I was a stage manager and they threw me a bone. They're like, if you stage manage, we'll let you sing a song. Okay. So it was a novelty funny song, which with with adult content. So I won't discuss it here. <laughs> but it was it was a fun it was a fun experience. But it just and then it kind of. I ended up working in the theme parks, but it was a name tag job where I put people on rides and things like that. You didn't so. feel you weren't a performer or whatever that you no, were. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't really perform per se until I, I was working at Universal. I was a tour guide there for what a year and a half. And we had to audition to be tour guides there. Oh, wow. And they just gave us like we had to improvise on the audition. They gave us like a list of like, here's some attractions to talk about. Go. And so they gave you a couple minutes and then they set you out to like actually audition to oh, be wow. a tour guide. So it was, that was where my really started doing improvisational things. And then, um, I did a lot of improv. I took training with laughing matters and I was in an improv group called the comedy dogs. Like back in the nineties, we performed at the Brandy house in Buckhead. If you remember that place. Wow. And, and then, you know, more recently just to get back into my, creativity I'm because I, I do copywriting during the day but it's it's very dry it's very you know it's we, we have brand standards you can't really right go there's, out there's there. limits yeah there's exactly limits. so having that you know way to go out and like just get my right brain going and not to name drop but when I interviewed Elvira a while back she told me that 
she tells everyone to take an improv class. She says, I told my attorney, I told my dentist, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. It has helped me out immensely. Just being able to think on my feet in different situations. It's come in handy when I've had to do like some last minute copy and I do freelance copyright. Um, I did it a lot more before I started with Home Depot and, um, it's great because you're jumping into someone else's brand voice and, you know, in some cases helping them develop one. So it's like a performance too, a it, little bit. It really is. It really mm-hmm. is. One of my clients that I had, she was, she was doing like her brand was like resort girl. And she was kind of going to these like golf resorts and talking about like golf fashion and, you know, different things like that. And she didn't really have a direction. So I kind of helped her develop that mm-hmm. and helped her edit, you know, what she was saying and, and then, you know, on the other hand, I'd be writing about like kitchen countertops, you know, and things like that. So there's always kind of that you can always jump from one to another. And, and having that improv background kind of helps you jump in and out of things. And then it's helped out with acting because, as you mentioned, um, we've done some things with Cherokee Theater Company, which is where I met you. And um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a lot of fun. And in the show I'm in right now, we've had to do a little bit of improvisation because some of our actors maybe don't know all their lines. <laughs> you have to work around <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's, you know, like it's in, you know, acting, it's it's fun to put on a different character. And, you know, this the play I'm doing now, I've played three different characters. So it's it's a lot of fun to be able to like jump in and out between these different characters and like kind of you know, one of the directors was like, I want a backstory for your character. So I wrote a bio for her. Oh and, my gosh, you know, cool. And now like I have, I only have a couple lines in it, but it's just, you know, now I'm doing it knowing in the back of my mind who this character is and, and what her motivation is to say what she says or act how she acts and things like that. So it's been interesting. Well, I, I, it's cool. Your, your story is cool because it's, you've consistently since the nineties. Yeah. Been in the acting world in some fashion or another. So you've been a working actor. Yeah, I guess so. And then when I was experiencing a period of um, underemployment, as I like to call it, um, I was doing a lot of extra work. So um, you I were was, you were in movies. Yes, I've been in movies. Um, I'm in the blink or you'll miss me character in a lot of these <laughs> movies. <laughs> but it was I mean, you know, I can say I worked with Clint Eastwood and, you know, John Hamm walked right in front of me and, you know, heck, yeah. And I worked on um, The Conjuring down in Noonan and I was a reporter in that and I was on more episodes of Divorce Court than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> I worked on my judgmental face um, <laughs> and my pretending to look shocked face. And, um, what? It's all contrived? <laughs> it's not like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but you know what's cool, though, is like you you have different areas in the performance and theater and acting world. So you've been doing improv you've been an actor in different movies you have done theater you also interview some really cool people and I feel like you have the best contacts to be able to say hey you know I need 10 minutes of this person's time do you think she can chat with me and the next thing you know you've got this Belinda Carlisle interview that you can say you do you spoke to Belinda Carlisle like that's the coolest thing ever can you talk to me about that yeah um, I've been doing celebrity journalism on and off um, since 2000 I, I my first gig was I was working for Planet Hollywood um when they were they were trying to compete with the other entertainment sites like they would promote the restaurants but they'd also have content like you know, feature articles and we did one interview with David Spade which was a complete train wreck because he just was not in the mood so oh, no. it was bad oh. and, um, but after that like I kind of went back and forth like I contributed to a lot of different websites um I had a full-time gig for like a year and change 
working for a couple of paparazzi agencies for their like vlogs. They would post like their pictures of celebrities and then we would just write like a little blurb about whatever was going on just so we could show off these pictures. And wow. it's like, it was some of the bigger, one of the, the uh, photo agencies was a big one. And, um, I got let go from that because I wasn't being mean enough in my writing. Oh, they no. wanted really snarky and that's not how I, I can't write mean things about people I don't know. <laughs> so it was really hard. And, Interesting how many people can, yeah, you know, I, I just, that's just not my brand. I don't want to be mean. So, you know, and then, um, I've been writing, I've been working with um, my editor for Socialite Life on and off. Like I started with him in 2004. I was, he was, he had a site called Pop Culture Junkies and then it evolved into a site called Recapist where we wrote recaps of TV shows and things like that. Got you. And Socialite Life is a celebrity site. Um, it is kind of LGBTQ focused mm -hmm. and um, my editor lets me write whatever I want. So I have spoken to a lot of really cool people. Um, I, my brand now is really drag race. And so I've interviewed a lot of drag queens and I've gotten words of wisdom personally from RuPaul, oh which God. was the best. <laughs> and, and I've just been, I, and like, you know, I think not being mean has gotten me really far. Like I've gotten, I've befriended a lot of publicists and I've gotten a lot more opportunities than I think I should get for the, the size of our site. It's just because I've forged really good relationships with these people so I did talk to Belinda Carlisle. Um, I talked to Terry Nunn from Berlin, who was probably the coolest person. She was just so much fun. And um, I got to meet her and hang out with her backstage when she was here in Atlanta. And she couldn't have been nicer. And um, I recently met Margaret Cho. And um, my publicist friend just signed um, Sandra Bernhard. Oh, my gosh. So okay. fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll be talking to her soon. You've had um, all of these different conversations with people. And almost like many relationships with these people, has anything surprised you about getting to know someone who here we are not in the celebrity world and we have perceptions of what it's like to be a celebrity? What have you realized about celebrity that you think would be surprising for anyone to know? I guess, I mean, they're, they're just like us. I mean, that's so like it's so cliche to say, but I mean, they have the same like concerns and worries and things, you know, like when I was talking to Elvira, like it took us a while to like break the ice. But once we started talking, you know, I was asking her, you know, what do you, what do you, do you dress up for Halloween? She goes, God, she's like, I just want to wear a muumuu -moo on Halloween. You know, she's <laughs> like, I just, this, yeah. so, these clothes are so tight. And, you know, we just talk, you know, cause when you get them talking, you know, and a lot of times I'm talking to people that I have done just perfunctory research on and don't really know at all. And those sometimes are the best interviews because I don't. You act like you're, you know, tell me something yeah, about you. you yeah, know? I'm learning about yeah. these people while I'm speaking with them. And, and they're always more than happy. I mean, you can ask, like, I love when you do start an interview, like, you know, what have you been up to lately? And they just talk for like 20 minutes. I mean, it's great. You know? <laughs> All right, Christine, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I don't think the show's long enough. <laughs> <laughs> but how, do you feel like you have a name for yourself out there? You must. Ugh. You must, if you have all of these different articles that you can refer to and I am BD, you have to be on there because you've been on, um, you know, movies and I'm just thinking there's, you're really putting yourself out there in so many different ways that there must be people who know who you are. I, well, I've, I've got a little network of publicists that know me, but, and you know, some of the drag queens from RuPaul's show, I think know me. I don't, it's hard to tell. Cause you know, 
they meet so many people and, you know, you have these like, like a 20 minute encounter with them sometime, you know, and then we do talk on zoom. So I do get to see them and we exchange faces and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think there's a couple, there's a couple that I'm friendly with, and, right. you know, it's just, it's harder now. Like, but when I first started interviewing them, they were pretty open door. Like you could just message them on like Facebook and say, can I interview you? And, and they're like, sure. And now you've got to go through publicists and world of wonder and like all the, all this hoops. And cause there's one in, a queen that I'm friends with who I'd love to talk to. And she's, she's contractually, she can't what? Unless, unless it's through her people. So, Oh, I mean, we chit chat back and forth on Facebook and she always likes my posts and you know, every once in a while comment on something, but you know, as far as like, I can't like reach out and just say, Hey, you know, but interesting. It's changed, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, if you looked at my socials, you wouldn't think I was such a big deal because I don't have, you know, that many followers, but who I don't know where to go anymore because everybody's bailing off of the former bird site. So I don't know, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find a new place to, to reside now and try to promote things. So it's, it's getting, it's hard. Have you felt like you've seen um, a, ch- a difference in your improv skills over the years because you've been taking classes and um, you've really honed your craft that way. I think so. I'm, I'm definitely a stronger performer than I was when I first started, obviously, you know, the training. And then, you know, in addition, I've taken stand-up classes. Like I, um, Lace Larrabee's, I took her class at the punchline twice now. And, you know, I got invited to do a show and it's just hard being here up here where there's not a lot of opportunities to like do open mics and things like that. You mean Woodstock itself? Like yes. as opposed to Atlanta? Yeah. Got yeah. you. And you know, they're during the week, they're on school nights. I'm middle-aged. <laughs> I got to go to work in the morning. And, you know, it's just not. <laughs> but so have you always wanted to be in stand-up? Like what was the impetus to, to pursue that part? Because that seems like a natural place to be if you're really good at improv, it, you know, it was a boy as, as many things. It was out. a boy. Um, I, one of my, when I was in my twenties, I was dating a stand-up comedian and I used to go see him all the time. And I memorized his act pretty much like I was at the point where I'm like, if you can't do the show one night, I can just do it because I've, <laughs> I've heard it so many times because you watched him perform so many times. And, you know, the the comedy I do now is very influenced by him because he is a clean comedian and he's just very clever. And I prefer the, the comedians. I mean, I, I like a dirty joke like the rest of us, but mm-hmm. it's that my theory is like, I don't want to tell a joke on stage that I couldn't tell in front of my mother. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I heard that Gabriel Iglesias did a little um, on Reddit. He did ask me anything on Reddit. And one of the things that he said was that the best advice he received was to keep it clean because it keeps the audience as broad as it can be. You will limit yourself. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting when there is such a tendency for um Ex- not extremism, but like, I don't know, what is it where you curse and you're trying to shock people yes, or whatever? Shock value, shock value yes, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So he wasn't like that. Like he agreed to just keep it clean and I love him, you know, and it, yeah. there's something nice about having a broad appeal that way. Yeah. I mean, as far as like financially, if I was going to go into it for a career, they're the ones that get booked for corporate gigs and things like that. Oh, so I that's mean, true. But it's also, it's just not in my, I, it's not in my DNA to like say naughty things on stage. I just, I mean, I like a, a nice innuendo, a well-written innuendo is good. And, and most of like stand up for me is the process of writing is, is kind of what I hone in on the most. Like, I think I would, I would like to write jokes for other comedians to be perfectly honest, you know, like and, Saturday night live kind of thing or like, um, um, well, just for other, other stand tonight show. Oh, other stand. Yeah. Other, I mean, that's, 
my the the guy I dated when I was in my twenties wrote for a lot of different comedians, and wow. you know he would also do his stand up, but he'd also write for other comedians, and it's it's done quite a bit, and it's I just like the writing, and I think you know when I said before I like to jump into other people's brands and things mm-hmm. like that, I think it would be a fun opportunity to like write for other comedians too. I said something incorrect though, just a, a minute ago, because I was saying that like improv and stand up have something to do with each other, but they really don't because you're talking about writing and having almost like a play in your head, right? Like yeah. a script that you're reading from in your head. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I said that wrong. Oh no, every it, and, and it's funny because like improv people don't like to do stand up, stand up people don't like to do improv. It's you know I we had met Jeff Foxworthy a long time ago and we told him I was in an improv group with this guy and the two of us went to this thing and met Jeff Foxworthy and we told him we were an improv group and he's like, Oh, I can never do improv. Even, and, even though he's, you know, yeah, it's, it's totally, yeah. It's, Cause it's, it is like stand up like a play. Cause you know what you're going to say mm. and improv. You don't, you, mm. you're just going in blind and you know, if you've got good people around you, funny things will happen. You know? <laughs> I mean, I have done sketches with people that don't, have it and you know like because it's you know you're taking a class with people you know like you know dentist by day comedian by night or you know like it's just these people that it's not their you know top job they're doing it like as a hobby or just something you know a lark you know just to do something fun but if you if you're with good people and you know and the rules of improv are great for everything like always saying yes and instead of like shutting people down with a no you know oh wow there are good rules to like in, in your everyday life to kind of live by too. Do you ever watch um, whose line is in any way kind of thing where you can see these are experts that just have all of this in the back of their head, just waiting for a moment to say these things. Like yeah. I can't believe people can think that quickly. I I'm very intimidated by that. Yeah. It's those, they are experts like um, Brad Sherwood, who's on it. I worked on a TV show. I did cue cards for a show called the news and he was on that show. And I, when I was prepping the cue cards, they were rehearsing. And Brad was just funny, like off the cuff, just like not in their sketches, but just like talking. And just he was just naturally a funny person. And there's those people. And those are the people that like that improv is like the bread and butter because, you know, they're just naturally funny and mm-hmm. can come up with things right off the top of their heads. And it's just it's it's amazing to watch the process. It's just so much fun. So you are okay. Let, let let me break it down. You you are an actor. Yeah. You are a comedian. I like right? to think so. <laughs> a stand up comedian, which is a big deal. You've worked on TV shows. Mm-hmm. You also have been okay. Well, you've also been on different, um, like what did you say? Divorce court? No, it wasn't yeah. that. Yeah, it was it a divorce, divorce court? court? Divorce yeah. court. Okay, but then you also had just recently thought that you were going to be on a game show. Yes. Okay. What happened? Okay. It's a local game show filmed in Atlanta. And I've been trying to get on a game show. I don't know what my obsession with game shows is. Like, I just want to be on a game show so desperately. <laughs> and if anybody in your audience wants to be on Beach Shazam, I'm looking for a teammate actively. If you know anything about music, look me up. Um, so I have been trying. I tried out for Match Game. I've tried out for Beach Shazam twice. I, you know, and then this company, production company here called me and said, Do you want to be on this game show? And I said, Absolutely. And they said, come to downtown Atlanta and come to this parking space and come check in at the van. <laughs> and it was a very, lo- it was a local game show. And check in at the van. The, the check in at, and then when I got there, they're like, well, you can sit in your car and wait until we call you. Or you can sit in this other van with the rest of the other contestants. And I opted to sit in my car. <laughs> and um, it, I was there for about three hours. And then I watched them striking their little tent and camera setup they had. And I went over and asked them 
what's going on? And they said, oh, we don't have time for you today. So I didn't even get to be on a local game show. So game show fame still eludes me. So <laughs> I don't know, though. You're you're a go getter. Like you really are. That's something to be admired. I mean, I talk about this on the show all the time, Fearless Formula, what makes people fearless or or fearful. And I like that it seems like you try. You just try. Because who knows, right? Yeah. Like, what yeah. motivates you to not let fear stop you? Because fear stops a lot of people. Oh, I have my fears. Like I am incredibly socially awkward. Like I cannot go to like business networking things because I just clam up and – but, you know, just doing things like doing creative things and like I don't understand how I can get on stage and, and do lines or go tell jokes or something like that. But I cannot talk to people like one to one. Really? That I don't know. It's it's very weird. Like even at the end of the plays when they're like, you know, go down and talk to people in the audience. And if I don't know somebody's in the audience, I generally will run backstage and change because I just don't I, I just I feel weird. <laughs> but, you know, like just going out and doing things like I just there's so much I want to do. And I, I just I always just want to take opportunities when they come like like last week I got an invite to go see Willie Nelson at the stadium with you know it was a promotional thing for Sweetwater Brewery and they had sent it to my my socialite life address and I'm like I'll go you know oh my gosh that's amazing and you know it's just and if I you know if I hadn't taken that you know opportunity and just put myself out there I don't you know I wouldn't have gotten to see Willie Nelson Mm -hmm. and you know just I like to do creative things I like to have outlets I like to you know I feel like, you know, so after living in Atlanta and coming up to Woodstock, there's a marked difference in things to do. Like, so I've been, that's been a lot of why I've been like doing plays and doing more things, you know, creatively, just because the options here for other entertainment are far fewer than there are in, in the big in, city, in the city itself. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that you can go down, you know, it's what, 20 minutes and you're close enough to where you can really have amazing theater amazing concerts. Yeah. Um, even um, some drag shows that I know that we've talked about and yeah. like Sunday mornings at what is it? Pont city market. Um, they will yeah. have like, I've never been to a drag show before. So you and I went and it was just so much fun. And you know, these people, mm-hmm. like, you really know these people, they know you, they recognize you. Some of them do. Some of them don't. And you know, I've heard have some people in my life circle say, you know, they don't know you. I'm like, well, some of them do. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. When I was with you, they did point out to you and came over to you. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's always it's fun to, to know people. I went to I, one time. I went to a bar in in Florida, and I got kind of snubbed because I went by myself. And I got, you know, people were looking at me like, what, what are you doing in our house? You know, oh. and, and the performer came on stage and, and called me out on the audience. And I was, I looked around, I'm like, see, I know her. That's why I'm here. You know, <laughs> what a weird world that is to have people make you feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People, people, <laughs> people. When you say you have a lot of things that you want to do, what things do you want to do? Well, I definitely want to do more theater. Um, I'd like to, um, Go to. I mean, as much as I love Cherokee Theater Company, I would also like to do productions with other sure. theater companies just to see, you know, what it, what the difference is. Um, I definitely want to do more comedy. I I want to write more jokes. Like I've got a notebook with a bunch of fragmented ideas that I need to string together into some semblance of of jokes. And I mean, on the other, like I want to learn Japanese. I don't. I've, I've been wanting to learn Japanese forever, and it's just one of those things that I just never get around to. Mm-hmm. 
and I've got a stack of half-read books I'd like to get through. Um, <laughs> you sound like like you you have your dreams, but then life kind of keeps yeah. you. It's the same for me. I have so many things I'd like yeah. to do, but like we all have the same twenty four hours in a day, and I sometimes don't feel like I get to choose as often as I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how I spend my time. Yeah, like this this past couple of weeks, like we're in the throes of Black Friday advertising for Home Depot and the play, and it's just been it's been a lot for the past like couple of weeks. So it'll be. I'm looking forward to the holiday season. Take a little break. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because as much as it can be hectic, it slows down in some ways too, business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a little break yeah. for sure. Yeah. What do you think um, people don't know about what it's like to do stand up? Because I think in my mind, it looks so effortless and looks so, I don't know, like it's just a normal conversation. Like people who are incredibly successful at it seem so comfortable and so at ease. But I, in talking to you, like there's a whole method behind the madness there that I think maybe most people don't know about. Yeah, well, I mean, there's your obvious things like hecklers and, you know, you're performing in places that serve alcohol to people, some of whom should probably not have it. But, you know, there's that. And I think, you know, actually one of the one, in my improv class, I had a stand up comedian taking it so he could work on his crowd work. Because wow. that's the off-the-cuff thing, that that's not what you have on the script. And that's kind of – I haven't done it yet because I've only been on stage a couple times. But I have not done any crowd work yet because I'm not ready for that, you know, to interact with people like that. And I think the hardest thing is when you're performing in front of a small room with, like, 20 people. And it's it's hard because you're not getting – because you're hearing the laughs in your head because you're like, I know this is funny. <laughs> and like, why aren't these people laughing? Because I saw a, like, a relatively famous comedian a couple months ago at the punchline because a comedian that I know was performing with her. And she's like a, a, a well-known name, Mary Lynn Raskjob. She, you know, oh, I know 24. who she is. Yes. Yeah. There were about 20 people in the audience at the punchline. Even though she's so well-known? Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know how you cope with that, like, mentally, like, if you're a famous comedian, because I am not, you know, and I, if I, I've performed in front of 20 people, and it's okay, you know? <laughs> I'm like, there's people here, and, you know, they came out to see me, so that's good, but I can't imagine what it's like to perform for that. I mean, she put on a great show, a very different show than what I think she would have if it was a full room. Oh, okay. Because obviously it was pretty much all crowd work. I think she got to know everybody's life story in the <laughs> audience because, I mean, there were just like so few of us there. Right. But, I, you know, and it's I, – I get writer's block for like my day-to-day writing and I get writer's block. Like I had a hard time this time around in, in Laugh Lab because I kept getting blocked and it's really hard to overcome that. What did you do to overcome it? Did you overcome it? I just started – like I – um, Augustin Burroughs is a writer that I admire very greatly. And his advice to writers is no matter what's going on in your life, just write. And even Margaret Cho said that she's, I write every single day. So I just start, I just started like journaling and just, you know, ideas came out of just writing down like the mundane things that were going on in my life, you know, and then you can mine some comedy out of that. And that's kind of how I broke out of it with comedy, the, the Work uh, copywriting sometimes gets a little (laughs) – sometimes you're kind of screwed. I I go look at other like home decor websites and things like that. To see different descriptive words or whatever. Yeah, I have like a word bank that I keep with like just different words that I see that I really like. And, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I can use this down the road someday. You know what's cool about you is that you've got so many different talents that all kind of overlap in lots of ways, like to be a copywriter, but you've also written articles Mm -hmm. that have been well-known articles. Yes, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Why unfortunately? (laughs) Uh, Well, 
a long, like, oh God, it was like seven or eight years ago. I was dating a, a guy who was much younger than me and I wrote an article for kind of this you go girl kind of website, which is now defunct. But for whatever reason, it got picked up by Time Magazine. It got picked up by the Huffington Post. It got picked up by Yahoo. And um, I got to hear like hundreds and hundreds of people tell me what a terrible person I was. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to learn the dark side of the Internet um, and the comment section. And um, I mean, I, I took it with a grain of salt. I'm like, these people don't know me. You know, it, you know, back around, like, you know, to go back to where I wouldn't say something mean about somebody, you know, I'm like, other people have no problem with it. And, you know, that's them. And, you know, and what RuPaul says is so true. What other people say about me is none of my business, you mm -hmm. know, and I just didn't, we got a couple laughs out of it, actually. But, you know, but that was that was my one, you know, I said, I will never write about my personal life again. Really? Yeah, Th that I, was plenty. Yeah, that was enough. You know, or, I mean, the memoir is in the back of my head, like I would love <laughs> to write my and one of my friends is like, you need to write a book. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pondering it, you know, just because I've done so many different things. Well, I, it's cool, because you kind of do have author, uh, an author feel to you, because you have had so many cool experiences and interviewed so many really interesting people and been around some of like incredibly powerful people in the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. which is so cool. Not everybody can say that. So to be able to have some very compelling content for a book, that would be amazing. I know a voiceover artist that could maybe do your audio. Oh, definitely. If I do it, you're reading it. <laughs> no, you can do it. I'll help nobody you. Nobody wants to hear me. <laughs> Not <laughs> for true. two hours. 1972. <laughs> 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 no. Only that's for the professionals. <laughs> Well, if you could, in five years from now, if you could craft your perfect space that you'd like to be in five years from now, what would you like it to look like? My dream professionally is I want to go back to ad agency work. Like that's been like consistently, like I don't mind, I like working in-house for an in-house agency, but I miss like working for different clients on a regular basis and just having that opportunity to write for different audience not the same yeah exactly mm -hmm. and you know I, I, it all started when Mad Men came you know on the air and I was like oh I miss agency work because I had worked in an agency back in like the 2000s and um I miss that and you know because you could do it as a freelancer but freelancing is so hard just to try to find clients and you know you just never know and there's so many copywriters here that are so talented and it's, you just, you know, to, you're like the needle in the haystack, you know, if they find you, you know. Well, AI has affected my voiceover world obvi for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but how has AI affected the copyright world for you? It has not yet because everybody says that there still needs to be a human to run the AI. You know what I mean? And it's, it's helped in some ways. Like if I get stuck sometimes, I'll ask ChatGPT, you know, talk to me about, you know, washer and dryers and I'll, you know, get a little nugget of wisdom. I mean, it's nothing you can, you can tell when things are AI and, you know, I think there's always going to need to be that human touch because AI can't replicate emotion and it can't replicate, you know, certain things like, cause when you're writing, you're trying to stir up an emotion, especially, you know, I, I know it's hard to stir up an emotion about a refrigerator, but you know, I try. No, that's the goal, right? It's yeah. to make you feel like my life is going to feel so much better and happier if I have this fridge, right? So yeah. it is about emotion. Yeah, it definitely is. And I don't think AI has the capability for that. And I don't think it will. I don't think it ever will replace copywriters because I think there's always going to be a need for them. I mean, it, it did scare me a little bit, but we've we've sat in numerous webinars where they've discussed this, and I it made me feel a little more at ease about my role. I have to say, for for AI affecting um, specifically my voiceover like life, 
it's a crazy thing to hear your voice, my voice in an AI format and know that if someone wanted to, they could write copy and my voice would be able to be manipulated mm-hmm. enough to sound as natural as they can with an AI sort of behind it. Yep. They can put pauses in there. They can put inflect, change inflections of words. I mean, it doesn't sound as smooth. Obviously, there's no breath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. You, there's no, and there's no, huh, that's really funny. I would love that car. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's no real exact way to do it. But if you have a medical journal and you just need someone to kind of read straight, totally AI my voice. Oh, and, absolutely. And, but also what's kind of neat, too, is there are some protections, at least in in the world I'm in, where there are certain words that I can list that I would never say um, and certain clients that I, you know, in terms of genres and what I'm interested in, in being associated with, I can say, I don't ever want to do a political ad. I don't want to do, you know, guns or, you know, there are hot button topics that I tend to stay away from. So there is something nice about it, but at the same time, it, it's just the beginning. And so it does make me wonder where it all will go. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I like the idea of copywriting. There's all, like having that human touch, being an editor more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And, you know, proofreading because there's – I Microsoft Word goes crazy when I type anything, especially <laughs> if I'm interviewing drag queens because their names are spelled really weird. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there will always be a need for me to be putting eyes on things. So I'm, I'm good with that. So do you have any interviews lined up now? Um, I am interviewing a comedian. His name is Nurse Blake Mm. and he is an actual nurse and he tells jokes about being a nurse, (laughs) but he's interesting. He's very popular. I asked one of my nurse friends and she's heard of him. She's like, I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, he's, and he's very funny. I've I've watched some of his videos. Really? It's kind of, it's, it's nursing jokes, but they're universal because they're about, you know, the medical field and, you know, there's always doctor jokes and things like that. So, I mean, but he's, he's very funny and I'm going to be interviewing him. Um, I just interviewed an Atlanta-based actor who just did an independent film, and I'm supposed to interview the director as well. Um, and then, like I said, Sandra Bernhard, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed. Like, I've got every appendage crossed to be able to talk to her because I think she's amazing. I know. It seems like you have all the right connections and all the right um, resume to be able to prove that you have interview skills that would be worth their time. Yeah. You know, um, have you had a favorite interview that you've done? Well, huh. there have been, like like I said, like RuPaul was probably the pinnacle because I have been a fan of RuPaul's for like since forever, since, since Supermodel came out. And he was just really funny and warm and we got to joke around a little bit and I made him laugh. And if you've heard RuPaul laugh, it is, it is like God smiling at you from the heavens. <laughs> I mean, it is just, it's so amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like Elvira was really fun to talk to and, you know, Belinda Carlisle was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was kind of a little intimidated by her when I, you know, with the prospect of speaking with her. Oh, and um, Julie Brown, I got to talk to the the redhead Julie Brown, not the one from MTV. Right. Julie, who she's a singer too, isn't she? Yes, she did. Cause I'm a blonde and you know, the homecoming queen's got a gun. She was was a blast to talk to. And um, Terry Nunn, of course, like we talked about stuff since I've, she was an actress before she was a singer. So, and I watched all the shows in the seventies she was on. So we had a big talk about that. And I think she was really happy to be talking about something else for a minute, you know, 
It's so nice. I have to say some of the things that I, I get intimidated or like I should, I should say insecure about is being like 52 years old. And, um, you know, just knowing that I'm just this older person in any kind of I'm almost always like an older person in whatever crowd I'm in, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. But <laughs> when I have um, a plethora of like memories from the 70s and 80s, it comes in handy sometimes. It really does. It's nice. Like I can talk about something. Yes, I remember when this event happened. I didn't Wikipedia it. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I didn't have to read about it in an, you know a book from school or yeah. something. So yeah, I yeah. do kind of like some of some of that feeling of, yeah, I remember that show. I used to watch that show and be able to identify with people in my age group can really be an asset sometimes um, as opposed to just my being insecure <laughs> about how old I am. And you'd be surprised how many people may not want to admit it, but they know of these things. Like a lot of the drag queens know about like the Sh- Sunny and Cher show and like all the things that we grew up on because, you know, it was campy and, you know, yeah. it, it's influenced them. And, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a universal thing, you know, like entertainment is, you know, Although, you know, there's some things like I've told a lot of people I interviewed Terry Nunn and they just kind of said, who? Oh, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's OK. But then I said I interviewed Damien from Love is Blind and they went, oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> How was he to interview? He was super nice. And everybody said, well, of course he is. He's doing an interview with you. I'm like, but he didn't have to be. You know, I'm like he, you know, he said, you know, typically that he, you know, he got the bad edit and I know he did. So, so he, how he was portrayed on yeah. Love is Blind was made to make him look like a jerk or something yeah. or less than ideal. Someone has to be the villain. I mean, even on, I'm watching The Golden Bachelor, don't judge me. And um, My daughter says that's a great show. She asked me if I wanted to watch it. She said fantastic. it's so sweet. It's fantastic. But they still, there's a villain. And these oh. nice little, these ladies, not old ladies, because I'm, I'm in that group almost. <laughs> um, but they're like. They play pickleball and, you know, and they're just so, but they have a villain. They've made someone into a quote unquote villain because every show seems to have one. And, you know, when I talked to Damien, he was designated as the villain. Wow. Um, How, I wonder how that's been for him. I'm going to have to listen to your interview and kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was, he was very nice. And he said that, you know, I said, what's the biggest misconception? And he said that I'm a bad person and he's like, I'm really not, you know, And, and he's from Atlanta. So we talked about Atlanta too. So, I mean, it was, it was more of a like, chit chatty conversation and he just seemed like a really nice genuine person so well you have a lot of really fun things coming up as well as opening night for a play tonight yes. at the canton theater yes spooky shorts spooky um, shorts it's, it's a series of one acts <laughs> um we're doing a sorry wrong number which was actually a radio play from the 40s and then we are doing the telltale heart which is an edgar Allan poe tale and then cheating death which is death comes to a mental institution well so dang i am playing the role i was born to play a mental patient <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people can play a mental <laughs> Several come to mind, including myself. <laughs> well, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you or to see the show tonight or um – I mean, just the fact that you've got some amazing skills, not only in copywriting, but you also obviously are an excellent interviewer. You also are a stand-up comedian. You're also an actor. I mean, on and on and on. If there's anyone that is interested in getting in touch with you, how could they do it? Well, um, first of all, visit socialitelife.com. That is the website I write for where you can see all my fabulous interviews. Um, CherokeeTheater.org if you'd like to get tickets for Spooky Shorts. Um, it's going to be a really fun time, I promise. Um, socials, um, I'm still on the bird um, at SugarSmack, S-U-G-A-R-S-M-A-K. And I'm also on Instagram with that handle. 
Um, my website is maketherightchoice.com, and that's right as in W-R-I-T-E. Very clever play on so words. For your freelance copywriting needs. And, you know, if, if, go to the Home Depot and buy your Christmas stuff, you know. <laughs> I might get knocked back a little money for my email, so... <laughs> You know what? I'll never look at Home Depot descriptions of things without really thinking about you. And what, you know, me. if you get a home decor email from Home Depot, I wrote it. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Christine, thank you so much for coming on the show yeah, and sharing you, your Sharon. journey. And I would love to have you come back in a little while and see what other kind of fun things you've been up to. It's very inspiring for me because the energy that you have of let me just try, let me just see what happens really does have an element of fearless, fearlessness to it. And I want to like download that energy because I can talk myself out of letting life happen very easily. And like you said, if you hadn't taken this step, then that step wouldn't have, or this event or that person wouldn't have come to you. So Mm -hmm. look at how much you've like thrown yourself out there and just waited to see what lands. I mean, it's, it's inspiring. And I think the fact that you're so successful shows it works. Yeah. And you know, it's like I said, with improv, yes and. So say yes and. More, okay. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, yes and to you, Christine. <laughs> and thank you all again for tuning in to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X. And again, this is Sharon Klein reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day. <laughs>